Welcome to Mr. Thomas's podcast. I'm here with Riley uh, Chastain, who is going to interview me about the mock election. All right, thank you. So the mock election every year, people always like talking about it because it's, it's fun for everybody. It's fun for students. It's fun for the teachers and people involved into it. Do you know anything about the history of the mock election, like when it started or how it started and what was the main idea behind it? Um, I was the government teacher 11 years ago, I believe is when it would have started. And I wanted to get students involved. I had probably two major goals. Well, maybe three. One was educational. I wanted a project and get more project based as opposed to um, doing a bunch of like lessons about all the political parties and just giving notes on them. Right. So then the seniors could actually go do their research for themselves. The second goal was I wanted the students to have to understand and empathize with other views. So the, the thing that um, I think is great about the mock elections is I force you, um, let's say you're many students in Emmanuel are anti-abortion um, or pro-life, and I make them have to argue the pro-abortion view, one that they don't necessarily agree with. Not that I'm hoping that they become abortionists or something, but that they would understand the rest of the world that's going on. The third is, uh, I think it gets the whole school thinking in terms of what civics actually is, which is everyone has a right to vote. Everyone gets an opportunity to vote. Why not start practicing that when you're in junior high or in freshman in high school, where all of a sudden then when you enter into like some of the seniors this year are 18 years old and can vote, you're going to have this expectation that you'll be able to vote in your society. So those three goals, I think it meets. Okay, so is there, so there are obviously a lot of benefits that help benefit the students in their comprehension of political parties and how that affects things in America. Uh, do you think that in any way at all that there might be some negative impact per se, like if someone is talking about one belief that they strongly disbelieve in, um, so someone's like talking about democratic socialism, even though they, their family or they have a libertarian opinion about government and things like that. Do you think that that would have a negative impact on as far as their minds are concerned? Or do you think it's really beneficial for them to be able to look at views and be able to judge their opinion based off of that? I think enough of that would happen where like, okay, let's say um a student got I'll, I'll go democratic socialism is probably of the parties that were this time uh for those of you who may listen the parties this time were libertarian democratic socialist american solidarity democrat and the republican i'll say one thing weird about that probably the first time that probably the republicans were the most far right depending on how you look at libertarians or not um and so i'll, I'll say i even kind of felt like man there's a bunch of like liberal views being presented um, but I mean, I could have switched out the American solidarity party for the green party to get the idea, like it, like even farther to the right. left. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I would say this, that let's say so, since it's the farthest left of the groups that are there, the democratic socialists, if someone were starting to think, man, I really like democratic socialism. Um, I think in class, Mr. Sorensen or myself or whatever else it would be, we, we would be talking to them about like, uh, why we might disagree with it as much as it is there. Now I can think mm -hmm. of a couple examples in the past um, that this project started them out and it led to them having different political opinions than their parents 
um, mostly towards libertarian, <laughs> um, right. which is the one that I think uh, that um, I, I think libertarians particularly have an advantage going for them in that they're kind of holding to an ideal. We're going to right, value right. liberty over everything else. That's the principle by which we govern ourselves. And then everything is going to fall into that under that line. So to me, at a certain level, I'd go, I'm not overly concerned that a student would reject their parents' political beliefs uh, because I want them to be able to think for themselves. Um, yeah, but I could see that how it would bring, like sometimes it would bring conflict in mm -hmm. your home that would say extremely right wing. And then all of a sudden their kid is going, I want to be, you know, a more moderate or independent or independent thinking. Or right. That may be. So there are many political parties, as we, as we have seen, there have been a certain rotation almost throughout the years. We saw one year we had a communist party that came in last year we had the Green Party this year with the introduction of the American Solidarity Party. What is sort of the process or the rotation of how different political parties come into the mock election? When I look back at the Communist Party, um, particularly, I'll, I'll note that one. Um, okay, there's the rotation is based off of how many students there are and how they're divided into classes. Okay. So there's been different times where it's been four or five. And I'll note that it's always tough to figure out what that fifth party is because I'll go, obviously, you have Democrats or Republicans. Yeah, right, the two men. And then libertarians have been there for a while. And then I'll go, while Democratic Socialists have been used, I think, the last three years with kind of a representation of Bernie Sanders, I've kind of flopped, or also I'll kind of, it's me and Mr. Sorensen Green, to have flopped them in for the Green Party. Because right now I would say Bernie Sanders, uh, let's say Bernie Sanders became the political candidate, the whole Green Party would vote for Bernie Sanders outright. And they kind of represent the same view, even though it's not the same if you actually read the Green Party platform, it's, there is some significant difference even from, from Bernie's. Um, so that fifth party is always the, the random one. I regretted doing the Communist Party because there's no, even though you can present communist beliefs, mm -hmm. um, there's no, I'll say, comparable on the voting today in communist. So I want someone you can actually vote on. Your options kind of end up then being, uh, the American Solidarity is kind of a new party that's arisen this time and there. I could have put some sort of independent runner like a Kanye West on there, right. um, but I'm not sure how well that would engage like the political ideas that are going on within the land. Another one that normally has been done has been a constitution party, also sometimes called right. a reform party, which is more conservative even than the Republicans and kind of goes for that, that um, I'll go either traditional Republican view or the, um, the super conservative uh, religious because sometimes I think um, Republicans are more moderate than than we recognize. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And also, we did we did see that today with the the Democrat the Democrat Party and the Democratic Socialist sort of almost uh, not really teaming, but they had s similar ideals from what I heard right. while I was sitting down. And sort of talking about the debate, you were one of the moderators that was asking the questions. And every year, there are some students that do just that, that kill the debate. They have every question nailed down and just do amazing. And there are some that still prepare really well, but maybe have a hard time speaking on stage or a hard time presenting their beliefs. How well do you think the candidates this year prepared and were able to deliver their message? Um, I would have to compare to the class. I don't think any of the candidates, um, I still can, would go back to one of my earliest Candidates, uh, uh, I would actually, I'll just name him, Josh Merritt, who 
as a Democrat at Emanuel, I mean, made the other parties look silly um, for voting the, the way that they did and arguing totally something he did not agree with or believe with even halfway. Um, and I've always thought that was the most impressive um, performance from the debate. Now we're just talking about the debate. Um, right. today, today's debate, it happened today, uh, at least in my time, was the um, absolute, I'll say it this way, best informed debate that I've seen from top to bottom candidates. Yeah. That is every candidate stated or stated a view that actually was held by their party. Now, this is part of the project that I just think is, is the danger of it, right? When you, when you put it as a teacher, they get to vote on their candidate. So it's their, the student's choice, the, you know, whatever, 10 to 15 kids that are part of that party get to choose who their candidate is. And as a teacher, you don't have control of it. Well, I try and guess, or Mr. Sorensen would try to guess who could possibly be the candidates, but that doesn't always end up being the case. And um, there have been many times, I'll just say it this way, where with the mock election, it's history. I've been surprised by who people have elected to be their candidates. And sometimes they don't, that means they may not debate very well or, or won't um, do very well at all. Keeping it just like straight uh, positive here, I thought, um, Luke and Jacob both spoke with extreme clarity. Yes. I thought what made Winston stand out was his ability to jump in, which I always tell all the candidates, try and hog the mic, try and make yourself, um, you know, like start an argument because I think the students appreciate that when somebody challenges someone else, that's the type of leader that we're looking for. We're not looking for a leader that just, you know, can state their views, but also one that can interact with the other's views and be able to challenge them where it needs to be challenged. So I think those are um, just examples of like a positive. I thought today's debate was one of the better ones that I've seen just in terms of information presenting. Yes, it was pretty good. Now with the, um, the candidates, the candidates this year are very well known around Emmanuel. They're all, they're all pretty popular kids and they have all done a lot of stuff within Emmanuel. I think everyone pretty much knew who they were. And with their personalities, I think some people possibly expected it to just be, you know, chaos on the stage, you know, people kind of like uncontrollably yelling at each other, but it was actually pretty civilized and was a good debate. Uh, are you happy with how the debate turned out? Did you think that it could have gone the other way or were you expecting it to be sort of more firm and civilized like it was today? You know, I thought, I thought it would have been a little more, um, I thought more people would challenge than did in the debate today, I'll say at least in the second debate with the sophomores through seniors, um, uh, Taryn at times challenged, Winston challenged. And I like that to a certain degree, again, along with the moderators, you're supposed to kind of control that. When we look at our, in, in real life, our debate, the, the first debate that occurred between Biden and Trump, you see an example where right. it made both candidates look bad to have mm -hmm. them kind of slandering, talking on top of each other looks looked bad for our country. And I think I'm going to be honest, it probably tempered the students a little bit knowing that in our presidential presidential like debate, that's how it looks. So I can't just talk over the top of someone without, right? you know, without, without like that looks, I'll say rude or, or foolish or whatever it may be as the presidential candidates, unfortunately came across from, it came across that way in the first debate, in the second debate, they did not uh, near as much. Um, so, but I would say it this way, they, you know, they carried the, the candidates today in the mock election carried themselves well in terms of uh, watching out for each other. You could, at the end of the day, I think, 
tell these were a bunch of friends that, you know, were, were worried about having fun together and, you know, liking each other at the end of the process. Um, where I have seen, I'll say it this way, debates in the past, I can think of one in particular where like it was, it got very cutthroat in its, in its nature, all about trying to shame a particular right. candidate who had become the front runner in the mock election. I put, you know, hand quotes up for those of you that can't see. Um, right. <laughs> so there you go. All right. Well, that's all that I have for you today. Thank you very much for allowing me to interview you. All right. Thanks, Riley. And uh, enjoy, enjoy writing the article. Thank you.